Praise ye the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in the firmament of his power, praise him for his mighty acts, praise him according to his excellent greatness, praise him with the sound of the trumpet, praise him with the psaltery and harp, praise him with the timbrel and dance, praise him with stringed instruments and organs, praise him upon loud cymbals, praise him upon the high sounding cymbals, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. That was Psalms 150 in its entirety. Welcome Ooh. back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Thinking Well Podcast. I'm Kyle. And I'm Tom. What is going on, Tom? Good things, Kyle. Good, good things. Good things. Yeah, it's been a good week. Good, How's man. your week been? Good, yeah. Good. Can't complain. Nothing bad happened, so I guess, I guess that's all good. All right, all good things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, just as we did last week, uh, we also have uh, in third chair, Bryce Reeves. Hello, Bryce. once again. Yeah. Hello, hello. How are you doing, man? Good. Um, this couch is a little more comfortable than the one on the other side of the window, so. Really? No, not really. That one's <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, uh, yeah, I actually better. calling cap on that. Yeah. But uh, you, uh, just real quick, you're your new father. Yeah, yeah. That's what this week has compromised for me. Yeah, how's um, how's that going? It's going good. Yeah, good. yeah. Hardest parts are nights. Uh, you know, she sleeps during the day most of the time, and then yeah. at night she has like a three-hour window where she's not sleeping, and it's right at four a.m. Mm. So oh, nice. Um, but it's getting better. Yeah, so. good. Yeah. It's funny, like they uh, when they're here, like they they're not happy <laughs> with being outside the nope. room at all, <laughs> no. and they let you know. But no, that's that's awesome. Um, it's awesome for, for me personally, you know, actually like being an uncle and um, I can't imagine, you know, how that is for you and just, you know, God's good. Growing, gro- yeah, the family's yeah. growing and God's good, man. Yep. Well, today's topic uh, will be surrounding uh, really music in general. Um, in a previous podcast, we kind of touched on the kind of music that we play at churches and yeah. and things like that. And I do want to get into that a little bit deeper, but I think more than anything, I, I want to address the music that we listen to personally, maybe outside of church. Um, what does the Bible say about what kind of music we listen to and, um, you know, things of that matter. So we really want to jump in here. Um, as that verse I just read has been one of one of mine, one of my favorite for a very long time, being that I'm a musician myself and a drummer. So anytime that in the Bible you hear, uh, you know, praise the Lord with with loud cymbals, I'm on board. Right. But uh, yeah, so we'll definitely get into that. I think it's a uh, maybe a little light, lighter hearted uh, topic potentially than we did last week and the week before. Yeah. Um, but equally as important. Yeah. And. That's also one of my favorite. It's become one of my favorite songs because, I mean, growing up, really traditional Baptist family, and that I, I don't, I don't hate that at all. I had a good, solid foundation. A lot of good doctrinal things were imparted to me at a very young age. But um, the, the timbrel, as well, right, is also a, a percussion instrument, right? But and then one of the things I love in there as well is after they say timbrel, it says and dance. I wanted to pause and be like, hmm, interesting, but I, I didn't want to break up the yeah, verse in the yeah, intro, yeah, yeah. But, but I knew I knew we would talk about it for sure. So so there's so many different things just there alone. And sometimes I, th- 
I really think we forget, like, they didn't listen to music back then. All music kind of really had a purpose. They were either having some kind of celebration or it was a part of worship. Like, they didn't just have, like, people sitting in their house playing stringed instruments while they did house chores, Right. Yeah, right. Well, there was no streaming. Yeah. A little bit different environment. Being a musician or consuming that kind of content back then was, I mean, that's Rare. why you hear a lot of these, when you hear this in the Bible, when you see this in the Bible, it's like in the King's court. Yeah. Right. Um, those kind of people had musicians on their payroll. The normal person probably didn't, if you think about it, other than celebrations and verbal, you know, songs that they would mm-hmm. sing without in- instrument, accompaniment um they probably didn't hear instruments a ton of the time yeah uh, i mean unless they were noodling around with them at their house right just kind of the yeah. amateur that right right do oh i like to i like to play this stringed instrument or that you know i like to get out the timbrel and dance around the house praise praise jesus right. they could do that that's crazy they, they were commanded to yeah and since all of god's word is inspired by god God was commanding the children of Israel to dance and play the drums. Amen, which, brother. Which I think is yeah. really interesting. <laughs> we get in right there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, so a lot of my family still, um, I love y'all, but they still they still feel very strongly about uh, certain types of music. Uh, I was I was kind of texting back and forth with my uh, older brother who we've had on before earlier, and he was he was kind of giving me some information on some books and and things like that. I won't call out any of the books specifically, um, but what I will do, uh, and I, I sent this to the guys earlier that are sitting in here, is just some of the things that is, are specifically called out in one of the books that was shared with me. It's, it's, it was a little disturbing for me to be really honest with you. It's specifically about rock and roll music or, or what people would consider probably today just rock music in general. Yeah, the, the uh, devil's music. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, definitely the devil's music. Uh, so w- one of the passages, and I didn't, I, I kind of skipped around through this book because it's very long. It's 680 some pages long, and I just don't have that kind of time in the day. I, there's a lot more. There's a lot more content that I'd like to consume that's not this. Agreed. Um, But one of the things that, oh, I thought was just interesting is, here's, here's something that I liked from... This is a quote from a different book. I will mention this one called uh, Why I Left the Contemporary Christian Music Movement. Uh, Rock and roll is a musical style that was created for immoral purposes by immoral men and always has been used by the world to express its immoral attitudes in song. That's one and it goes on to say that the Bible has a lot to say about rock music. I find that very interesting because since rock music didn't exist in Bible times and we just discussed what did exist in Bible times, I find it very surprising that the Bible has a lot to say about rock music. Does the Bible teach us principles about what we should take into our lives? Absolutely. What I have a problem with is calling out rock music specifically. 
Right, right. Because you look at jazz, you can find some of the same thematic elements in jazz and blues and 1940s music and 1950s music and all the way on. You can keep going back further. Um, and you can find a lot of the same, like rock music didn't just all of a sudden come to existence out of a vacuum. There wasn't like the big bang of music and there was rock music. Uh, rock music was a combination of gospel music, country music, blues, uh, the big band music. Yeah, uh, well, as far as like the percussion side of it, like you know, some of the tribal beats, um, things like that definitely played a, a huge influence on how, how they constructed different, you know, rhythmic patterns. But yeah, I mean, I think rock and roll really came out of just a melting pot of different genres. Yeah. Um, and I will say this, I think there was an attitude, you know, late 40s, early 50s, when rock and roll was, was starting to get its acclaim. Uh-huh. Um, the idea was maybe then, hey, we, we don't care what you liked before, right? I think there was maybe an attitude then of this is a loud, boisterous sound. Kind of, um, kind of a rebellious thing, right, right? Right. Yeah. But that doesn't make the music itself. I mean, I don't know. I've been looking forward to this episode because I, Bryce could tell you, but I'm very entrenched in music. My as long as I can remember, my little family is. Yeah. yeah. It's just how we grew up. I just cult, always cultivated to just the appreciation of music, music history, music theory. Um, you know, and just being a musician for. 16 years now um it's 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 a topic very close to my heart yeah and something that i'm definitely opinionated on but as always right we want to look through scripture and say what what is the right response and the right way to think about this but i I think it's an interesting thing to think about right i don't know if i'd completely agree with that demonization of of rock and roll by itself less specifically talking about what this book said right there right, about right. the creation of it i don't know if i agree no just in general with the, the demonization of it right yeah so because they're saying that it's that rock and roll music is inherently sinful in, in itself is immoral right yeah. and so here's here's the, some of the verses that they use that they say the bible has a lot to say about it and, and that ye may put difference between holy and unholy and between clean and unclean what Wait, there's more. <laughs> that was in Leviticus, right? And then they quote a psalm. We just came out of psalm that commands people to play percussion instruments and dance. But blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. That's Psalm 1-1. That's how the psalm starts. I can, just like any bad doctrine... I can cherry pick something out of the Bible and twist the con and take it out of context. That's exactly what we talked about last week. Yeah. You, take, I mean, you, can, you can take almost any verse and make yeah. it about anything. And I can build a doctrine to. off of it. Yep, absolutely. And a lot of the things in this book, uh, another Psalm, I have not set with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash mine hands in innocency. So will I compass thine altar, O Lord. So it sounds like the connection they're trying to make, and this is a fallacy at its core, the connection that they're trying to make is the persona of the rock and roller, the attitude of the music. 
um, they're putting it in one single category, in one bucket, and they're saying that, oh, look, all these scriptures say not to, you know, be around these people or, you know, conduct business or, or, or really uh, be around them and, and listen to them. Um, I don't think that's what that's talking about, Tom and Bryce. I don't, I don't think that's what that's talking about at all. And it, it's kind of a crazy claim. When, when you sent that to me earlier, I, mean, I, I read some of it, but it was, I mean, it was rough to get through because it, yeah. it just seems like they're just grasping for, I mean, it's a pretty weak connection. And I, I've, so I've, I've actually spent a lot of my afternoon going through, like just kind of skimming through this book and just finding things that are, that are just mind boggling to me. I don't want to specifically attack it because if you as a Christian have a problem with a certain type of music, I don't care if it's rock music. I don't care if it's country music. I don't care if it's rap music. Like if you are, this goes back to an episode from a few weeks ago, right? If you are letting those things control your life and you're putting more of that into your life than you are God's word and being around his people and being in church, then yes, you are going to just naturally as a Christian, make yourself more susceptible to temptation because you're, if you're immersing yourself in something, you, it's like if you jump in water, right? If you just dip a little toe in water, your toe is going to get wet. But if you completely immerse yourself in water, your entire body is going to get soaked. Right. So we need to choose what we're immersing ourselves in. And maybe we don't need to dip our toe in anything, right? But at the same time, the what's being tried throughout this whole book is this demonization to, to use the, the term that you use, Kyle, of rock music. And I have a serious problem with that because when you go back to the 40s and I, I, I'm also a music guy. I mean, I've been writing music and, and lyrics since I was like 12 years old. Right. Uh, music has always played a huge part in my life, huge part in my kids lives. Uh, I, I just, I, I immerse myself in music quite a bit and all kinds of music, maybe not this type of rock music that they're talking about. I don't go around and sit and listen to the Grateful Dead all the time, but, um, but by choice, right? Because I know that there's some things in Grateful Dead music that's not beneficial for me from a lyrical perspective, right, right. but I, I'm also a huge Frank Sinatra fan and Frank Sinatra was not a moral or an upright or a holy person. And you look at some of the lyrics from that era, and I'll just quote a couple, like a very famous Frank Sinatra song, through it all when there was doubt, I ate it up and spit it out, and I did it my way. Right. And the couple of lyrics that they pick out of these 60s, 70s, and 80s songs are like, they're always promoting self, and we're allowed to do whatever we want, however we want to do it. Well, that's not something that originated with rock music. And if that theme was in is in rock music, and if that theme is in rap music that you listen today, and if that theme has crept now into a lot of the, I I, I had to stop listening to country music altogether because a lot of the modern country music is sounds the same as rap music. It's self promotion and um, self edification about how great they are, and um, which is not beneficial for me. Right. But these themes go all the way back. Like it, it's not something that all of a sudden rock musicians came up with this narcissistic attitude. There's another song from the from the 30s, 40s, and 50s uh, that that starts off with in, in olden days a glimpse of stocking 
was looked on as rather shocking. But now anything goes. And the whole thing of that song is like old morals are no longer good morals. So we're changing morality to adapt with the times. And this was a song that was written way back in the early 1900s before rock music was even a thought. Right. Yeah. So I I think off the bat, that argument falls completely flat. You you can't cherry pick like that. Um, I'd even go a step farther to say because music continually evolves and the subject matter, it, it does seem as people, just like technology and the, the morality of society progresses, the entropy of it all, it seems to get a little bit more in your face every generation, a little bit more vulgar every generation. Some of that's just technology advancing and, and more people are able to listen to it. But I think that there is a lot more, I don't know, boldness to do things. For sure the wrong way yeah. and it to be as bolterous but I would, I would go as far as this I would I would say the way music sounds has very little in the weight of how praiseful it could be to the Lord now when I say that I love a wide variety of, the mu- of music right I like Frank Sinatra and I like some like heavy rock like heavy metal and stuff that's a whole other thing people demonize metal and heavier rock or rock and roll um there has been songs that i know i can i can tell you that have some of the most spiritually sound lyrics but yeah it's harder there's more emotion to it there's the, the, the composition of music and the rhythm and how it's played is what people would be, what I think what traditionals, traditionalists would look at like and say, oh, that, that has to be the devil's music right because of the way it sounds. Um, I think when we're looking at music, you have to look more than anything at the lyrical content. You have to because it's, it's, you, you can't land anywhere else because it's always going to be changing. Yeah. I, I can find you real biblical scriptural songs in any genre of music for sure any genre yeah and that just shows you like we read in psalms 150 the lord will be praised regardless of regardless of what we make that praise sound like he he doesn't he doesn't prefer one thing or the other now i will say this can some of that be distracting some some settings absolutely right i wouldn't suggest this sunday that we start playing you know some some harder you know like the band red or like a demon hunter or something that are scriptural christian bands in that harder scene we're not going to play that on a christian like on yeah. a sunday morning yeah. there, there's yeah. a time there's a time and a place for it right for, right. for private consumption for right. personal individual consumption why not it's not something that i would listen to but it's not my preference right, right? and that's the word right we talked about this before and it's again it's so sad when when you see a whole group of people make assumptions and build the their the doctrine of their life around preferences and really people people are pretty pretty convicted about these preferences when it comes to music um people are seem ready to die on this hill about hey the only thing that we can listen to or you know 
acapella and organs and churches. The only thing we can listen to is your, you know, your worship music when you listen to stuff in your car. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never subscribed to that. I, I've tr- adamantly to not fall into that category. And it's interesting that you say um, choir. It can only be choral music, and it can only be instruments and stuff like that. And we we we've kind of talked about this before, but there were, ta- I mean, so Spurgeon's Church, specifically. Um, if I remember reading this correctly, and I could be getting the the pastor wrong, but they they didn't have those things as a matter of fact in that time like it was considered to be a distraction to have in musical instruments in a church because uh church of christ wasn't doing it and they they were kind of leading the way for that that movement at that time uh but there was a specific condemnation against bab against churches in america who were starting to use like pianos and organs and stuff in their church and and uh some the the pastor that i'm thinking of said let the let the churches in the new world have their pianos and their organs here in here in England what we should stress is the godly voices being lifted up to our our lord and savior yeah and there's nothing wrong with that right i think it all goes down to just preference and like if your church if the majority uh I don't know if you vote on this kind of stuff as a church. I mean, I guess if it's a big of a problem, you probably would. Yeah. Um, but if the majority decides that that kind of instrumentation is a distraction, then go with whatever you prefer. You know, like there's there's nothing wrong. Yeah, I'll say yeah. this to that point. Some, you know, backwoods, small country church, yep. right? Let's say Tennessee, Arkansas, some, somewhere out there, right? Um, very small congregation membership uh, comprised of say a median age of 50 55 right i would not expect them to have the worship service like we do downstairs every sunday morning where we have 11 people on the stage we have we have drums we have keyboards we have multiple guitars yeah uh we even have a cello right i mean it's like i wouldn't expect that right because to them right that would probably be distracting so I think you have to, one, gauge your heart, engage the, your congregation of where they're at and what would be considered as a distraction, because it matters, right? Um, but you, you can't blend the line of, okay, this is the way that we do it in church, and I think there's something to be said about that. That That is holy. That is, that is there's a right and a wrong way to do church. Decently and in order, right? Right, right. Yeah. And then what you have personally, what you listen to personally, um, those don't have to be the same thing. Yeah. Right. And, um, it's, it's almost, it's weird saying that having that leave my lips, I I can hear people. I can, I can see their reactions. I know this is going to be taboo, but there's certainly music out there. We all know it. That isn't profitable. Right. Yeah. That is definitely contrary to doctrine. Like we talked about last week that, you definitely should not be ingesting. Well, that's, right? that's the majority of music out there. And it's hard. Yeah, it's, and it, I get it. It's not hard yeah, to find it. It's yeah. really, really hard. And even growing up, I'll even say this as kind of a side note. Something I noticed growing up is the songs that appealed to me the most, like in my teenage years, would be like great. But then they had like one F-bomb and I couldn't listen to it. 
And yeah. it was like, this song would be like perfect or something. Or this song would be totally okay if it didn't have X, Y, and Z. But growing up, those things for me personally is like in my rebellious state as a teenager, I gravitated towards those kind of songs. Yeah. Right? Um, but yeah, I, I, I would say church is a different story, right? It needs to be orderly. It needs to be a non-distracting environment because um, that that whole purpose is to get your heart ready to receive a message and to respond to a message. Yeah. If you don't respond earlier, right? To Even to worship, right? Yeah. Personally, I think it's a little bit different. Um, I think there's definitely secular music that isn't profitable, but I think there is definitely spiritual music that um, I would hold more of a neutral. I say that, but it doesn't hurt, right? There's stuff out there that is, is it explicitly praising the Lord? No. But is it explicitly boistering oneself up or talking about provocative language? No. To, to, so there's definitely kind of a, a gray area. Yeah. So I would love to actually discuss that. Yeah. To, 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 use, to use a term that, Zach, that I've heard Zach use, it's amoral. Right. Like it's not it's neither good nor bad. Right. Right. It doesn't do anything to affect you at, at a spiritual level. Um, when I'm when I'm riding home from work and kind of trying to wind down for the day and I throw on some buble. Right. Like there is that affecting me at a soul level or compromising my relationship with God in any way, shape or form. No more than me sitting down when I get home and playing PlayStation for, a, you know, 30, 40 minutes. It, it's not something that is either right or wrong. Right. Now, on the other hand, if on my way home every day, what I popped in was... Uh, Some NWA or something. Or, or even <laughs> so, a, a little bit, but probably a little bit more applicable for me sometimes, although NWA, but um, <laughs> like a, a country song that, and every country song that I listened to on the way home was about me quitting my job and going to the bar yep. and leaving my wife and just getting crazy drunk, then, yeah, not beneficial. Absolutely, yeah. I'm not a huge fan of country music in general, so God spared me from that. But it's just a preference. Wow, that was so harsh. Yeah, preference, right? I, yeah. I, I don't like this kind of music. Do I think that there is most certainly country music that praises the Lord? Absolutely. I think a lot of your 50s and 60s gospel that kind of bled the lines between that kind of country folk mm -hmm. thing, I think a lot of that is what we have to th thank for today's gospel music. Yeah. So, like, you, you can't look at that and say, okay, me personally, I don't like country music. Doesn't mean that country music is of the devil or is it right. can't be used for the glorification of, of, of Christ. Yeah. Like what we like what we were talking about with yeah. rock music. Yeah. It all comes down to preference. Mm -hmm. A lot of it's the whole thing is just drowned in, in preference. Um, and again, as always, you have to be careful when looking internally and saying, is this a preference? Is this a principle or is this a doctrine in my life? And it, it comes back to the grace thing, right? So I know that you don't like country music. So what if you found country music like severely offensive? Which I do. Well, would the would, majority of it probably. <laughs> Yeah. Does that mean that then because it's my preference and because I like it, every time we're around each other, I'm going to listen to country music because that's for me. 
again, it's a grace thing, right? Right, right. It's about showing grace to a weaker brother. Because yep. if a if a if a weaker brother or sister struggle with that type of music, and that music does remind them of a time in their life where they were caught up in sin, or remind them of a previous life where they were constantly being drawn into a world that kind of has that element in it, then the last thing I would, you know, if somebody just listened to demonic screamo metal before they got saved, and now every single time they hear anything that has that kind of similar instrumentation or similar sound to it, like it kind of takes them back to like this shameful, regrettable time in their life, then I need to show some grace. I need to set my preference aside and not listen to those things when I'm around those people or promote those things when I'm around that person. You bring up actually a really good point. Um, this has definitely been true in my life. Just what what I've chosen, to, how I've chosen to look at music and how involved I am through my life. You know, there's been times where, you know, something bad happens in your life, right? And for me, it was always like just song, right? And mm-hmm. this is, it's crazy how, how our... Our bodies, our, our our minds are made to interact with music so well. Yeah, um, it's almost like, you know, our creator enjoys music as well. What? Which I would say he does if we're made in his image. Absolutely. Right. So, but I I remember times like there there are still songs to this day that I have a hard time listening to. Yeah. Right, because they remind me of a certain place, a certain feeling, a certain time. Um, is the genre, or is it just the specific song? Different, just specific songs. Gotcha. Um, but depending on the person, right, if that's all they listen to and if certain genres provoke thought and bring them back to a place of lowliness and, and they find themselves struggling with that reminiscing of where they were before Christ or whatever that scenario yeah. is, that's okay. I, I can put myself there and say, yeah, you know, that would make sense to say, you know what, the way that this music makes me feel is not profitable right and is a stumbling block and you know individually i'm not going to do that but if i was with somebody and i knew that i wouldn't i wouldn't engage in that kind of music either even even though it's not an issue for me right right and th- and that's really like when their grace comes in right it's you have to be cognizant of these things you have to be sound in in what you believe but also be mindful of what's going on in other people's lives and um you know when it comes to certain genres i mean like i said i love a wide variety of music um i can find scriptural songs and the softest music you can think of and i can find sound doctrine and the hardest thing you could probably imagine and i listen to all of it is that wrong? I don't believe so. No, and I think a lot of things that people like to harp on too is, and you kind of said it a little bit earlier, is like the the tribal beat thing, right? Um, on that specifically, if 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 y'all don't mind, I'll, I'll have another little excerpt from that where they said that Hendrix had gotten a chance to see somebody and some other African musicians. This is Jimi Hendrix, by the way, on a, on a street in London. And as he was standing there kind of watching them play and stuff like that, one of the guys came up to him and and uh, told him, hey, how do you know that voodoo beat, that voodoo rhythm that you play on your guitar? 
and started making this connection between the way that Jimi Hendrix played his guitar and the 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 rhythms that he used when he played his guitar to uh, African voodoo music. Right. Right. And so the the argument is that because, you know, some of it can be construed as that, that, well, and then Hendrix winds up taking it and making like a song out of it and kind of making right. that his, his thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, definitely not like don't. Uh, uh, well, you can, you can take anything too yeah, far. You, you can take anything too far. Yeah. Yeah. But I, th- I think what gets misconstrued is like, and the people that I know are like, well, it's the beat. It's because it's it, the beat itself is demonic. I, I, I have an issue with that. Let me, let me say why I have an issue with that. Because the devil loves to take things that God has called beautiful and that God has created and loves to corrupt them. I don't believe that any instrument or any type of rhythm and you would be hard pressed to convince me otherwise because you're not going to find scripture for it it's a again we go back to the preference thing right like you can have a really strong conviction about a preference you have but you still have to admit that it's a preference um the devil loves to take the things that god has made good and make them bad and corrupt them. You look at going back, heralding back to the last episode, like sex in and of itself, right? God created that for his honor, like in a, in a marriage, but the devil loves to take stuff that was created for, you know, a a marital bond and to make children. And the devil's like, no, I'm going to go ahead and get my hands in that and corrupt that and make it something that's so sinful that you can't even recognize it anymore. And I, I think the devil can do that with music as well, but that doesn't make the instrumentation or a certain type of beat or a certain type of riff on a guitar or a lick on a guitar, like intrinsically evil. Well, that's the key. Yeah. Well, I would argue, I mean, maybe, I don't, you guys let me know, but can a rhythm or a chord progression or anything outside of lyrical content, can that be sinful? Like, 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 if you just have straight instrumental music, there in how can you I, I, have? I want to say like a hard no. It, it would be very difficult for someone to pull an excerpt from God's word right. and show me that an instrument or the way that now, if I'm playing that lick or whatever chord progression, and I'm doing it specifically for something that's dishonoring God. Because yeah, yeah. there's a lot of lyrics out there in rock music and any any genre of music that specifically dishonors and blasphemes God. Absolutely. Would I say that that makes the music evil because of the no, use for the song? Yeah. 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 But not the instrumentation, yeah. not the chord progression. Because if that were true, I mean... we chord progression is chord progression. Like there are certain genres of music that use the same kind of chord progression, but that's not the chord progression itself is an evil. It's kind of an identifier from a genre perspective. You look at a lot of worship music and you're going to see a lot of the same chord progression, right? right? right. Well, yeah, there's always so many yeah. combinations, but no, I, I think that's a great point. It, um, yeah, well, there's, that's, there's that's the beauty. That's the beauty of music. It, it in and of itself, until you add lyrics and there's something to say about the attitude you have while writing music and how you yeah. perform it and the, th- the things that go on if you subscribe to them in, in different genres, right? For example, like, you know, 60s and 70s, there's a lot of drug use in the rock and roll. 
genre and industry. Like, yeah, if you are taking part in those things, that doesn't make the music necessarily bad. Now, it probably was if you're doing that, right. but that doesn't inherently make the way this music sounds sinful. You have yes. to you have to be able to separate those things. Go ahead, Bryce. I didn't know what I was gonna say anymore, to be honest. I think I said exactly what he was gonna say. I don't think so. <laughs> I just forgot. Um, that's the beauty of it. That, that's why yeah. I love writing music. It's a blank. It's it's a canvas, and it can be used. I mean, because our I think we are designed in a way where we interact with our relationship as human beings with music. It's so interwoven in who we are mm-hmm. that when when you're able to have the opportunity to get that canvas out and say, this can literally be whatever, and I'm going to use it, and knowing like I'm going to use it to praise the Lord, it's an amazing thing to be able to, I'll say this personally, and, and we, we, we all do that. We all produce music, and we all write, it's like that. Um, to be able to use that to glorify God mm-hmm. um, is such a gift. But I, I would I would say, yeah, you have to take genre out of it. Yeah. Agreed. So I, if you guys are ready to switch topics just a little bit, um, and if not, we can we can stay here for a little bit. But what about the production? Because a lot of that goes with music, and that's a big con- controversy in churches as far as lights, LED wall panels, well, the smoke machines, Again, uh, the so- theatrical production uh, behind the music. Like, what do you guys think? I think there's a line, and you could most definitely cross it yep. where it is a distraction. And the argument is always this, right? Well, we don't want it to be a concert and it like, yes, I get it. Like maybe having lasers and smoke, probably not in our church, probably wouldn't make sense. In most churches, probably a distraction because what is the purpose of that worship service? It's not to say, oh, look how cool our stage looks with these lasers and smoke. It's to get your heart ready Mm -hmm. to make a response, to actively participate in a response to Christ. Yeah, so, so my only counter argument for this, because I, I I, personally, and just because this is what I do, right, I enjoy musical production. I also enjoy AV production, right? That's that's really cool to me. It, it's enticing, so I love to see it. Yeah. Um, so for me, like when there's lights, uh, you know, smoke uh, machines, they all, all they're there for is to enhance the lighting. Um, that's why they exist, is so you can see the lights. Um, they're also spooky. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, it's just to set the atmosphere, right? It's what it's for. And for me, I love that stuff. Um, I love seeing it. it. It helps me get in, like, I don't know, the atmosphere of it I love. Um, it, I could see how it is a distraction for some people, but the same conversation that we talked about earlier about, you know, some people are probably distracted by other things and other people. What if you have a con... Uh, congregation of people who don't see that as a distraction it helps them get into that state of mind easier like well what, what is that possible or like or, or is it is there something definitely that we can say hey no this biblically is a distraction or is it still a thing of preference so i, I think there's again a, a, there's a line um i think a lot of it's hard to define because it comes down to intent right if the intention is to again l- you know bolster you know the av team or the way that your church presents on the stage if it becomes more like a concert in that in that regard where we are performing and we need this to feel like we are performing i think within the heart of whoever's making that decision i think that is wrong um 
it's it's hard for me to answer that on the other side of it because every church I've ever been to has been on the smaller side and it just definitely 100% would be a distraction to have smoke and yeah, lasers absolutely. here. Yeah. But is it inherently sinful? No. I'm going to take something that you said where you said where it gets me to feel a certain way. This will this will definitely go down a rabbit hole that's slightly off topic. But let's do it. Um I I, th- I think one of the things that we're missing as Christians today is that some some Christians are going to church for an experience. Like mm-hmm. I'm going to church because I need to feel a certain way. And I've actually I've actually preached on this in, in, in our church before. Um where it's the attitude of worship, right? And specifically in that series of sermons, one of the things I said, if you come to church and you don't get anything out of it, that's a you problem. That's not a God problem. Right. Um, And while I'm not, while I, I, I don't, I would neither condemn nor condone the use of a whole bunch of set pieces and a, a ton of production to go into worship. Because if we're using those things to try to get somebody to respond in a certain way, to me, that's kind of bordering on manipulation. Um, and the, the reason I say that is because one of the things that the Israelites loved about Baal worship and Molech worship and all that kind of stuff is it made them feel emotional. It made them feel like they were, they were doing something to garner God's attention or the God that they were worshiping, right? They were, they were being able to do things to garner his attention. And it was a show and it was something that they were putting on for production. And God said, I don't want those things from you. Like, I don't need those kind of things from you. God, God specifically says, I would rather have your obedience than your sacrifice. And while we don't sacrifice things, right, the, the concept there is I would rather have your heart than a whole bunch of actions that make it look like your heart is in it. And I think what happens when you start getting into these big productions, because I have been in churches where it's a big production and it is it is very distracting. It feels from a worship perspective, unnatural. At the same time, I have been exposed to concert events that felt like worship. Yep. The difference there is, is that these, these concert events that I've, I've either seen or I've heard about, it wasn't one of those events where they used a whole bunch of production, right? It was something where the the worship team or the the singers and the band came out on stage and without a whole bunch of production, they stood there and they led worship. Now, did did the lights change while they were singing and did they necessarily have like smoke rolling across the ground? No, but is it super cool if you're singing about heaven to just kind of have like a thin layer of smoke oh, at, for sure. at the feet, for sure. right? Yeah. And then like and a big really, part of the song really, have lights really, turn on, really and bright just, lights. Yeah. Sure, um, but if we're using those things to garner an emotion from someone, and we're not coming into that scene of worship with our hearts already prepared for that, then while those things might place someone temporarily on a kind of awestruck high, 
is is that worship? Are we getting worship there? Like, is God getting the glory in that? So yeah. I, or or well, are they are they high off of the production? Right. Or are they high off of? And I hate to say this, but high off of the worship they're participating in. Yeah. The, the actual yeah. worship. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that is the line, right? And it's it's hard to like give an answer because like that that delineation is in the person. Yep. Right. Right. Can it be distractful? Hundred percent. Could it be uh, absolutely? Could it? Could could those type of things be in some kind of production and enhance it? Abs- absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it's definitely hard for me to like give like a, a blanket like umbrella like answer to it. I think it definitely depends on the intention of the production. Right. What are you? What are you trying to solicit out of somebody? And if that if your heart is in the right place there, that's that's that's. Okay, I guess I, I get my hand, my mind around that. And then it also comes down to exactly who's in your audience and how they respond to as well, yep. because it's going to change. Because you got to be careful about visitors too. Like you don't want to drive someone away who's looking for something. Maybe that's something that they've had in their life. They've been to like a whole bunch of concerts in their life, and right. they're used to that kind of scene. And again, it goes back to like if if, if something they struggle with, right? They come in and this is and that's the type of thing they're trying to get away from because it's associated with something in their mind. And then they see that and automatically they're like, well, I'm never we're going to church again because that they do the same things there that they and they didn't take because what they saw was the same thing they've seen before they didn't listen to the lyrics they didn't they weren't able to get in that attitude of worship so i i think one of the delineations that i would probably make and again i'm with kyle like this is a preferential thing right definitely like if you've got a church where you've got a whole bunch of people that are all on board with having that type of thing um congratulations, you're an independent Baptist church. You can do it that way as long as God gets the glory. Um, you know what I mean? Um, you did but I, I think, I think for, preferentially for me, I would say if you were having some kind of special like music event in even a church our size, yeah, like have people prepared for that. Like we're going to have just a musical worship service and i don't like calling the music part of our service just the worship service because the whole thing's a worship service yeah, right? yeah. church is worship um, yeah, yeah church is worship yeah. service that's the whole thing um and it's us worshiping in service to our god not the other way around people right, right. um but yeah we're just gonna have like a, a praise time with music and we're inviting everybody to come out on a thursday night and just kind of spend some time with us and get caught up in praising our wonderful god and have some of that production and stuff in there because the people are specifically coming there for that purpose to get excited about praising god you know here's, what i mean here's a perfect example of this that we do in this church every year mm-hmm. we do a christmas eve yeah. service where we dim the lights now we don't have smoke and lasers but we yet. yet this year coming watch out for it but we dim the lights right it's usually you know towards the end of the service we play like an oh holy night or something i mean oh holy night with oh, a little holy. bit of smoke rolling and the it lighting would be just right Come pretty on, awesome man. all right i was kind of kidding but now i'm not um but no i mean like and then you know having the lights go out you know it's, it's pretty dark in there then I mean we're on the stage, you know, all of us are on the stage uh, playing the songs, leading worship. Um, but I mean, even up there, looking out and seeing that, mm-hmm. I mean, that solicits like a response while I'm playing. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's a, a perfect example of something that we we do. 
um, in our church that is set apart from our every Sunday worship, but it's for a particular reason. It's special. Um, and that just gives credence to what you're saying. Yeah. If, if the atmosphere enhances the emotion that you're investing in the praise and worship of God, then I, I would be all for it. Yeah. But if the atmosphere elicits the emotion, then that's where we start getting into an issue where, okay, now we're trying to get a reaction specifically in right. how we're doing well, it. And the right? distinction is yeah. enhancing on something that's already there. Yep. That somebody is bringing themselves to, uh, to prepare, hopefully, you know, in a state of repentance, yep. getting right, right, to respond. Mm -hmm. um, the other side of that is, you know, kind of manipulative and saying that for sure this is going to make you feel a certain way um i think it i think you know needs to be you have to build from what's already there um because there i think there's definitely a, a wrong way to do it and i think you got to be careful but you know i i would say there's certainly a time and place for it and we even do things like that here at our church i mean you, you guys know i mean it's come a long way since when when we first started coming um with the addition of you know, the full band and we yeah. have, we do have different color lights that shine onto the stage, um, yep. you know, for different things and, you know, like, but it's, it's not, I don't think it's distracting. I think we do a really good job at making sure it doesn't. Yeah. Well, and I mean, we use lights here to kind of like not wash everything out. And so it, it, it gives kind of more of a warmth or it gives a certain tone to what we're doing instead of just, you know, these, this glaring white spotlight on everybody where, you know, my forehead and well, my whole head gets super shiny. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Blinding people. There's no hair up there. So, um, <laughs> now this one, I'm going to, I'm going to follow Bryce's lead here and kind of go down a different road. Okay, let's do it. Cause it still, deal, it still deals with music yeah. for me. I mean, like this topic is so like diverse, right? So many different branches. Specifically yeah. the dance portion. Oh, I wish. It's, I, it's, it's so, oh, man. So, 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 so let me say why I bring this up, right? Okay. I was shown a video of a church that was having a Christmas program. And one of the performances they had in the Christmas program was a fully appropriately clothed young woman who performed to a Christmas song, what some would consider, a, well, not what some would consider, it was a contemporary interpretive dance. Okay. Right? There was nothing... There, there was no nothing sexual about it. Suggestive it wasn't. Or anything. It wasn't suggestive. Again, she was like clothed appropriately. She wasn't. Whatever. There wasn't any kind of watching it. There were. You could sense that it. There wasn't anything like sexual yeah. about it. She wasn't up there trying to like garner glory for herself. Like that was the way that she was worshiping God on display in front of the church. And the Bible says that David danced before God. And when his wife told him later on, like, hey, you, you, you probably shouldn't have done that. He was like, you can't tell me how to worship. So my question would be, because, I mean, when I initially saw that, like, mm, that just kind of 
bothered me. Now, since then, it, it does not bother me as much. But what I had to realize is that if if David could dance before the Lord, and if there are so many different psalms that says that command the dancing of the Israelites, then what would be the problem with having an appropriate interpretive dance, say, in our Christmas program? I don't think there is one. I mean, the, the perfect example is our church, and I'm sure a lot of other churches around uh, they have like specials, right? Where every or some Sundays they have an individual or another group come up and they sing like their own song on their own guitar that they yeah. wrote or something. Yep. There's no difference. Like it's, it, do you need to have someone other than your worship band come up and them by themselves sing a song? Uh, it's yeah, not for their become, own glory. Does it become not worship? Yeah, it's not for their own glory. Yeah. It's just yeah. they they want to they want to share to their family, right? Their church family that hey, this is how I want to express my praise, you know, and there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. God has given me this ability. I'm right. going to worship yeah. him with it. Like I learned it and I don't ever get any other opportunity to worship God yep. with my dance Correct. because I'm all, I'm always at competitions or doing whatever, but God has clearly blessed this person yeah. with that like male, if, yeah, female, yeah, doesn't matter. Sure. Right. For sure. But if church is the only place that they feel that that talent that God's given them can be worshipful. And here we are as I mean, especially independent Baptist churches saying, no, that, that cannot be a form of worship. Right. Well, there went something. Um, but no, I mean, I, I mean, what are we doing? Well, no, what, what a better place to, to do that. Right. Like, right. Yeah. This is where it should be done. So yeah. I, there's, there's a couple of veins of thought here, right? There's the history of it, right? Where I think that you have a lot of traditional Baptists have just deemed it sinful to dance in general because you know what you know what dancing leads to tom i can read you minutes from baptist church meetings where it said they were putting so-and-so on church discipline because they were seen down at the local high school dancing i honestly i, I would say <laughs> that is that is borderline heresy <laughs> like that like that, I'm, I'm not even that kidding. gets me riled like up, multiple bro. church meetings where they were like, uh, we're going to have to put Sally May on church discipline. She was seen down at the local bingo hall, um, dancing to, to music with, or, with or a man playing bingo. Right. I mean, never mind that they were down playing bingo, yeah. right? That wasn't <laughs> sinful. It is so, it's so asinine. I, it's, it's so hard for me to like sit there and be like, mm, okay. Like I just, that stuff kind of like, war, like wars against my soul and it's, it's so damaging. Like you, you don't even understand the impact that that has, that ripple effect that ideologies like that in traditional Christianity and Baptist churches have. I mean, to this day, how many people in our church even raise a hand? How many people in our yeah. church sway? Yeah. I mean, definitely not dancing. When, when was the last time you saw that in a in an independent Baptist church? What would Paul? How would Paul feel? If he walked into one of our Baptist churches today, which you, you talk to any Baptist, I don't care who they are, would have no problem agreeing that Paul, the Apostle Paul, was a pillar of the faith. For sure. And yet in Scripture, he says, I would that men everywhere would pray with raised hands. Yeah. And yet... 
what, one of the things I thought was super interesting about the, the, the dancing thing too was, okay, so maybe we shouldn't be dancing the tango. Right? Yeah. There's, but there's a line, the yeah. waltz, yeah. the two step, is it okay at a wedding for us to have dancing that's appropriate and that a husband and a wife could dance closely with each other. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Now, don't go grab somebody else's wife yeah, and dance closely with probably. them the way that you would dance with your wife. Probably right? not a good idea. Um, or like some of the some of the fun like uh, the, the shuffle dances and stuff yeah, like that yeah, where everybody's yeah. just in a line and nobody's right. even touching each other yeah. and there's nothing Is that wrong? yeah nothing sexual no. about that either. No. Um, again, Israelites danced in worship, uh, but yeah, like Paul and I think a lot of the biblical Christians would be so disappointed in what we've allowed it to come to because we've we we were at one point a culture that was so repressed from a sexual aspect that we turned everything that could possibly lead to any kind of sexual deviance away and then it became a weakness for us like oh well I we can't dance because we're we're we've been so closed off from being exposed to anything that that's like that at all that even the suggestion of someone dancing starts bubbling up these feelings inside of us that we don't want to feel and that takes us right back to the music thing, right? Like, oh, the music makes me want to move my hips, but I, I've been so repressed my whole life that hips automatically make me think of sexual things. And so now I'm thinking about sex and it's the music's fault. So the music is obviously evil. Well, no, like celebrate things that God has made right. beautiful. All of that, that whole sentence, that, that whole ideology is not a God problem. Yeah, that is a you problem, sir. Absolutely. That that is what you're choosing to get in between you and your worship. That's right. And that in and of itself is sinful. You are allowing something to become between you and proper worship, and I get it. Right? It's uncomfortable to dance. Like I don't like dancing at weddings. I think most dudes just aren't good dancers. Like I don't mm -hmm. like it. Do I think getting out there and doing the cha-cha slide is sinful? No, it's super fun, right? And like it's, it, you know, it's it's one of those things where like, yes, you can make a bad thing out of anything. If you really wanted to, I could find any opinion bad on anything. You, you can't look at it through that lens. You have to look at it through what does scripture say? Is this coming between me and my walk with the Lord? Or yeah. is it becoming between me and anybody else's walk with the Lord. And if the answer is no, if it's not sinful, okay, what does the Bible say about it? Yes. Can you dance provocatively and it be sinful? Absolutely. Yes. When Moses came down from the mountain, the children of Israel were dancing naked before the calf, right? right. That was wrong. Right. But everybody wants to take that and say, well, because they were dancing naked before the calf, dancing is wrong. No, 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 no. They were worshiping. It wasn't the dancing. A calf yeah. with their dancing, yep. and they were doing it unclothed, which was not appropriate God worship. Right. It was idol worship. Right. But if they would have been clothed, and they would have been worshiping God, and they would not have been doing obvious thing, ways that you would dance if you were unclothed in a mass of people, right? Then that God would have been getting the glory out of that because right. he commanded them to dance. 
Um, it's one of those things that's so polarizing yeah. in the community of independent Baptist churches. Um, a lot of them, unfortunately, are just, I don't, you know, I don't think any of them have come out like absolutely against it. But I, again, I think it's the result of centuries of, of just, sure. hey, this is going to be looked at through this lens incorrectly. Yeah. And we're going to overcompensate. And it's going to lead to a very conservative, traditional view on these things when we see, you know, dancing everywhere in the Bible. I mean, like, why wouldn't, why wouldn't you praise the Lord purely with every facet of your being? Is, is God, does God's name and his power, whether salvation or just him, his essence, does that not warrant that? Yeah. Is he not enough to solicit that kind of response? Well, so wedding ceremonies in biblical times, right? They they had like there was dancing as part of the wedding ceremony and the wedding celebration, right? So Jesus was at the wedding at Canaan. Do you think Jesus might have danced at Probably. the wedding at Canaan? According to the chosen, he did. He definitely did. And we know that that's 100%. No, I'm just right, kidding. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> regardless show, of the show. biblical accuracy of, yeah, of some yeah, of those yeah. things, right? No, it's what, quite possible. Like, Jesus was likely. a joyful, like, well, he's 100% God, 100% man. But as a man, like, he was a joyful man. Right. You, you look at some of the comments that he made even in the Bible where he's kind of like, poking fun at the disciples sometimes and like, hey, did you guys notice this, by the way? And the disciples were like, oh, no, Lord, we didn't really see that. And he was like, oh, I figured. Hmm. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. That's, the, yeah, that's yeah. the gospel according to Tom, right? But he had a sense of humor. He had, a, there was there were times when he was, I mean, he, I believe he was joyfully his entire time here, and which is just crazy because he had lowered himself to basically run around in the muck. Right. Knowing what he yeah, sent here to joyful, do. Joyful. Joyful yep. about it. Yep. And I find it hard to believe that he never chose to express <laughs> his joy in the human life with dance, especially when in, in the Old Testament, he, God, commanded his people to dance before right. him. Right. Um, I, I, I just, I just find a really hard time with that. And with, with the music thing, like, man, I, I love to imagine that Jesus had like this really solid, like baritone voice. And when he would stand in the, in the temple and the tabernacles and the places that they would go to worship that like when they were, when they sang Psalms and like, and stuff like that, like, man, he was, he was on he was on pitch every single time he had the right note like i just i love to imagine like jesus singing for sure for sure really cool it's yeah i said it before but i mean if if we are to subscribe to the you know to the doctrine that we are made in his image mm -hmm. right christ's image i i have to believe that christ loves music christ loves the expression of dance when done correctly um, and over the years, like I said, we've, it's become so taboo and it's one of those things that I think a lot of people, when we talk about like misconceptions, I think a lot of people just don't know, they just don't know what they don't know. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. It, it would, my, it would be odd, right? If the Sunday we have people dancing in church, that would be odd, right? 
would it be scriptural? I'd have to say, yeah, if it was done correctly. It might get some people to smile during the worship yeah, service. Yeah, yeah. Sure. It's, and, I, and again, like, I don't want to, like, you know, harp on anybody or say, no. like, you have to dance now. No, like, listen, it's what happens between your heart and getting ready to respond on a Sunday, on a Wednesday, is between you and the Lord. Yeah. Right? You know where your limits are. You know what is going to be a distraction to you personally. You have you have to work in those bounds, right? Yeah. The flip side of that, though, is I think, myself included, we've become too comfortable in worship services, in music services. Worship is the whole church. In, in the music section yeah. of, of the service, we have become entirely too comfortable scared even I think I think too many people see it as almost like a formality like mm -hmm. when you go to a church though they're gonna have a 30 minute music session and then I'm gonna hear the preacher speak right and that's the kind of like the, yeah. the itinerary for every single church service you go to and mm -hmm. that's what people think about when they walk in the doors yeah um, so during that 30 minutes they're just kind of getting through it right they're waiting for the announcements they're waiting for the offering and then they're you know they're I don't know that's the mentality that's, is that's actually a really good point and I'll go back to like the hymn thing, right? Because people are, a lot of people are still kind of hung up on the hymn thing and yeah. not like modern worship music. Here's the problem with hymns. A hymn can be really good and a hymn can be doctrinally sound. But if you've sung it over and over and over again for the last 40 years of your life and you've always sung it the same way, you sing it every third Sunday, are you hearing the words anymore? Yeah. If you're never, if you're, yeah, if you're yeah. never, so it, it would be like, let's say, let's say Zach, our pastor got up and preached the exact same Psalm, the exact same way with the exact same application every Sunday for 30 years. Yeah. Or imagine if your church, I mean, obviously this is wrong for different reason, but just listen to a recording of the same sermon. Yeah. Like it, it would have no effect after over a certain and over amount of time. Right. 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 So our, specifically for music, us being able to accept and utilize new Christian music and new worship music on a regular basis, are they saying the same thing that our older songs are saying? Are they, do they contain the same doctrines that our older songs contain? Well, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So let's accept them and let's, because now it's not repetition because I can, you can, Zach can preach a Psalm. I can preach the same Psalm and God has got The Holy Spirit has worked completely different in my life and yep. showed me something, a truth that was there when Zach used it. Right. And I've got a truth that was there when it's the same passage, but it's a, it's a different truth that the Holy Spirit drew out for me specifically. And then Dan does the same thing and CJ does the same. And we, all of us preach the same Psalm, but we all have five different messages out of the same Psalm. Right. Isn't that so beautiful? Same content, right? But yeah. God works that way. Yep. And why can't you have a hymn from 150 years ago that has the message of the gospel and how Jesus saves Jesus saves and not have a modern, and I'll call it a hymn, a modern hymn, a modern worship song, have the same message that Jesus saves, Jesus saves. I don't care that there's a drummer. I don't care that there's an electric guitar. 
I love that there's a cello, but there doesn't have to be a piano in every song either. And we, it's okay that we have synth because the message is Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Yeah. And it answer doesn't, that question. It doesn't change the message. Right. Yeah. To answer that question, you can have that yeah. without any problem. Yeah. And if you do have a problem with it, the same as a lot of our topics before this, it's a you problem. Yeah. It's not, it's not the song. It's not the revamp of the hymn. Um, it's a it's a pride problem. Just yeah. we can boil that a lot down to yeah. well, and a lot even of even the Facts. music. Listening to secular music, right? It, it's a pride problem as well. Oh, like sure. if I if I say that, well, I can listen to any kind of secular music and never be affected by it. Okay, well, <laughs> be careful, proud man, lest you fall. Yeah, right. right? Um, I'll say this, Tom, real quick. I mean, I'll admit it. I I subscribe to that ide- ideology for a long time where I was like, okay, like I, I know where I stand in Christ and I think I know that like, you know, an assumption, a prideful assumption yeah. that, oh, this won't affect me uh-huh. the way, what I listen to. And looking at the sacrifice in my mind, the immense sacrifice that I'm about to give up if I only go to Christian music, I was like, no, no, I, I'm okay. Like I can, I can justify this. I'll be fine. And it's, it's something that I have struggled with for a long time. That line of like, okay, like let's get rid of a third of the songs that I know. Mm-hmm. Like, and okay, like those aren't profitable. And it's something that I, I've struggled with a long time. Just, I love music. I love listening to music. I love playing music. I love dissecting music. Um, but yeah, for a long time it was, you know, this is fine. Because I am stronger than this influence. Yeah. How prideful is that? I am stronger yeah. than the power yeah. of, of Satan to work against me. No. Is it question? Because this, this is something I struggle with. So my my hobby is I like to produce music. Um, I enjoy listening to different kind of sounds, different kind of genres. Uh, you know, so I, I listen to all kinds of music, right? And the excuse I make in my head now, I I don't do it all the time, right? I, I do listen to a lot of Christian music, um, and all my friends know that. Um, know but that. yeah, but there there are times where I will listen to maybe a song that isn't the best lyrically, and I I probably would be not proud of playing in front of my parents, right? So okay, you know. But in my mind, uh, I like to branch out and explore and listen to how these different musicians use their instrument and record them. That way, I can do it. Um, and I know kind of have a reference to when I want to use it. Um, now again, like, is that wrong of me? Or like if I do it in moderation and again, I, am I would call myself a very, um, guarded mind Christian, right? I've been going to church my entire life. I know where I stand, just like Kyle said. So, and again, I, I could be wrong here, but you know, in my mind, I use that time for knowledge and, and enjoyment, obviously I'll, I'll I'll admit it, it. I do enjoy a lot of it, but mm-hmm. um, you know, is that wrong of me? What? What? So one of the key <laughs> things you said, right? One of the key things you said, and I, I, let me tell you guys, I'm, I'm probably well, not probably. I'm the oldest guy in the room, right? So I'm old. Most definitely, um, definitely not probably. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. definitely the you oldest, are guy, the in oldest the guy in the room. Um, by so many years. <laughs> um, yeah, by so little but hair. It doesn't. Yeah, thanks a lot for that one. Um, 
it doesn't I, I will say this the struggle with what you allow into your head and your heart does not get easier the older you get because there are songs from like when I was a teenager mm-hmm. that I'll still go back and listen to for it for like an afternoon right uh, is it beneficial no does it promote anything godly in my life no should I probably not do it yeah because that time in my life I was into like a lot of rap and hip-hop and like uh, R&B and stuff like that and if you know anything about those type that type of music in the 90s it was very very sexualized mm-hmm. um, still is so yeah not beneficial probably shouldn't listen to it do I do I do it every now and then two or three times a year yeah I, I'm, I'm willing to admit that but it's not beneficial. One of the key things I, I think that you brought out there is when you said, I, would I listen to it in front of my parents? What I have to remember in those times when I'm like, well, it's not that big a deal. I don't listen to it all the time. God's still there. Yeah. And if I wouldn't listen to it in front of a person that I love and respect on earth, does God garner less love and respect regardless of what my intent is like I, I just like the music I like to listen to it every now and then but if if Jesus Christ were standing in front of me and I, th- I think as Christians we forget this a lot and I say I say as Christians because I forget it a lot if Jesus Christ were sitting in this chair between us would we listen to it and if we wouldn't what we have to remember is that Jesus Christ is sitting in this chair yep. between us. No, and you're absolutely if right. If we would learn to approach music, dancing, life in general from that aspect, I think we'd find that we'd cut a lot of things out of our lives and then bring a lot of things into our lives that would be way more beneficial for us. But because we've never seen it happen, uh, as, as Christians, I, I think we forget it a lot because the darkest place you've ever been in your life and the worst sin that you've ever committed in your life he was there yeah um that's a good way to look at it yeah well it's, it's the same thing as some of the other topics right like we categorize sin yeah christ has one designation it's it's yeah. It's all eternal separation. You didn't obey me. Done. It's it's all <laughs> the absolute worst. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah, it's not up to us to decide. Um. But yeah, I'll admit it. It's it's something that I I still struggle with, and it's it's something that it's I think when you're talking about what you listen to, what you see when you when it's when it comes down to like you know, TV shows, movies. Mm-hmm. We yeah. were talking about that like uh, before we were recording. It's um, it seems like that is what the devil uses the most that that is like the stealth you know yeah this is the seal team six of the sin and it's like oh before you know it okay here we are mm-hmm. and it's so easy that that line is so blurred it's so gray of an area sometimes for christians um and yeah it's it's hard it's really hard to 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 stay true uh to, to that part of it yeah because it does feel like a sacrifice, right? Like, you know, I enjoy certain kind of movies. I enjoy a certain kind of music. 
okay, I can't listen to half of that or more of that now. Okay. Yeah. You're right. That, that's not ideal, but why are you doing it? Um, are you doing it to have a closer walk with the Lord and have your heart right, not have a distraction, not have anything come between you and the worship? Are you doing it for your family? For me, it's like I'm responsible for, even saying this, I'm responsible for my girls, my young girls' first perception of what God is like that, that falls on me. Yeah. Um, it's funny how I can point back to like fatherhood is like the main reason why like, you know, but it's just some of it's that too, but it's, yeah, it's, it's something that I even still struggle with. It's hard. Be, sometimes I wish I wasn't as entrenched in music as I have been yeah. for, you know, as long because yeah. it'd make it a lot no, easier. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's just, I, I enjoy it and it's, yeah, it's not all profitable. It's not all sound doctrine. It's not all. It's not not everything is is good, right? Some of it's definitely influencing parts where it shouldn't, right? I I, I while we were sitting here talking about this, all of a sudden, I, I, Holy Spirit probably um, brought this this verse to my mind. Um, oh, and then I immediately lost it as soon as I started to look at it. Fantastic. Hang on. You gotta love technology, <laughs> just, right? Just give me just a Technology's second. Technology is great That's when funny. it works, right? Yeah. I mean, um, good... Here it is. Here it is right here. So it's it's Galatians 5, 13. And I think this would really sum up the entire conversation because I, I, th- it, this is such a perfect verse. For brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Do we have a lot of liberty in Christ? Absolutely. So much liberty. Like we can do things in Christ that we could never do before. Yeah. But Paul says only use not liberty for an occasion or an opportunity to the flesh, but by love serve one another. And while Paul's trying to say here, like, yeah, you've got a bunch of liberty in Christ, but if you're using that liberty to prop a door open, for sin to get into your life, you're not using your liberty the right way. So me going back and listening to music that I used to listen to when I was not following God and not in a close relationship with him, if I'm using the liberty that I have to listen to that music, that may not be in itself sinful. That may not intrinsically cause me to want to go out and like commit adultery, right? But am I using that liberty to prop the door open to let that kind of stuff into my life for a potential influence down the road if I were to prop the door open a little more. And then all of a sudden the door's not propped open, it's completely open. Um, We shouldn't be using our liberty as an opportunity to tempt ourselves and to allow sin into our lives. So from the music thing, from the dancing thing, from the uh, everything that we've talked about so in this episode, right? Do we have liberty to do those things? Absolutely. I would even argue from our conversations and from the verses that we've read that we're commanded to in some instances, right? Absolutely. But we shouldn't take that liberty and say, I'm going to set it right here and prop the door open for my flesh, just in case. Just in case I want to open the door a little bit more. 
Um, right. don't comes, you, yeah, yeah, don't it comes use back it. To pride, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Don't use it as an opportunity because like you said, Kyle, and like, and, and like I, all of us have said, actually, like, well, I'm strong enough to handle that. I'll just prop the door open a little bit. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. Y- you leave the door open. Satan's pretty tricky. He'll find, he'll find a way through the smallest crack you leave. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's first would where it would be where I would probably, um, I, I'd, I'd be done with that verse. That's 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 yeah, right there. absolutely. I think that's a great uh, conclusion uh, to this discussion. It's definitely been something in my life that you know, like I've, I've struggled with, and it definitely garners a deeper conversation of what exactly yeah. does Scripture say about the music we digest? What does it say about you know, are are certain genres bad, mm-hmm. right? Or does it come down more to lyrical content? What is the motive behind it? Mm-hmm. Are we to dance? I think we tackled a lot of things. Yeah. And and I'm sure we'll have more episodes on music with us and our church being oh, so for sure. involved. Sure. Yeah. For sure. So this but won't be the only episode about music. No, for sure. I think, yeah, I think we have, have arrived in a good place and you know, we would love to, like, as always, we'd love to hear ladies and gentlemen, your, your feedback on, on, you know, your, your preferences when it comes to things, how you look at it, things that you have, you have seen or seen in the world or questions um, you have or questions. Yeah. yeah. I, again, we would, I would love to do a, a mailbag episode where we, super cool. where we just take direct questions and we just answer them as, as well as we can. Um, but we even have the possibility to go live at some point, so we could do yeah. an episode where we do, be super where we cool to get to a place calls. where we could have yeah. like a question segment every episode yeah. about yeah. the about the topic maybe last week, right? Just have yeah. like a twenty minutes at the beginning of the episode. We're going to answer top or the questions about the topic we had last mm-hmm. week. Yeah, right, that'd be super cool. So in that vein. If you like the podcast, hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button, hit the share button. Um, we, we love generating this content and we love being able to sit and have these conversations. But what happens every time you hit the, the share, the follow, the every time you, you share it to any of your social media feeds, what you're doing is you're putting the gospel out to the next person yep. and the next person. And you're making that available uh, because these are all gospel conversations that we're having. Um, so. I would encourage you to follow, like, share, and then if you've got questions or comments or you'd just like to have a little bit more information about what does it mean to be made new in Christ, um, go ahead and drop us a line. It's podcast at lakeworthbaptist.org. You can also direct message us on Instagram or Facebook, and that's LWBC underscore publications. Um, Even on those pages, we'd love to just have you like those pages, and that way you can uh, get updates to our content and everything like that. Um, But we'd love to hear from you, so let us know. Absolutely. Well, we thank thank everybody for uh, sticking out with us and and taking this, uh, this plunge in this musical well. Uh, this week. Uh, We'll definitely be back uh, next week with another topic, maybe a guest. Not sure yet, but um, God be with you this week. Keep you safe. And uh, again, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Have a good week, everybody.